uh, Zach. Got Mike on Zach. I see my clicker. Your clicker. Oh, excellent. I'll even turn it on for you. Boom. There you go. Service. Okay. Father, this morning we just we just bless you, Lord. We're excited the way things are going, and we are excited that that our brother Zach, our, our brother elder Zach, is going to deliver us a beautiful message this morning and speak to our hearts. So, Father, open our ears, Lord, and open the the eyes of our heart, that we understand and and we can be infused with your love and what you would want us to understand and take in this message. Again, Lord, we just bless you and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank right. you. Well, good morning, everyone. As Larry mentioned to you, my name is Zach, for those of you who don't know me. And uh, I've had the honor and privilege of serving uh, this body over the last few years as an elder. Uh, that's been a, a labor of love. Uh, I feel truly humbled any time I get the opportunity to uh, to serve, especially in the capacity of uh, speaking from the pulpit on the Sunday morning. So this morning I'm excited to share with you a message that I've prepared that I hope by the power of the Holy Spirit will empower and equip you wherever you may find. To the fathers in the room, let me say for you, happy Father's Day. Thank you for lending me your time this morning. Uh, I also want to create some space as well. Uh, I've found that the the longer I progress in this life journey, the more I realize that these holidays can sometimes be a bit bittersweet. Um, As much as we celebrate the the fathers that are in our life, there's, there's also room there to remember those we've lost. Uh, I know for, for me, myself, uh, even after I prepared this message, uh, someone who was uh, an adopted uh, grandfather to me passed away yesterday. And, uh, and so it was just a reminder. It, it, being at the forefront of my mind this morning gives me a, a, a heightened awareness for others that may be in that same place. So I see you and, uh, and I, I'm with you. So in the past month here at OCC, In recognition of Father's Day today, we have been teaching on the topic of the Father Heart of God. So today I would like to share with you why we can know that God is our Father uh, and what makes him a good father to his children. I'm going to start this morning by having the kids come up. Hi. Good morning, guys. So, this morning, we're going to talk about how we can know that God is our Father and how He is a good Father. But I thought maybe it might be a good idea to start by talking about who has been a good Father in your life and uh, and why. Can you think of like a memory or a reason why your Father's been good to you? It doesn't even have to be like your dad. It could be like your grandpa uncle or neighbor, any ideas? You? Okay. When my jaw got broken, 
my dad was there to keep me safe and have company. And then when we went to Oklahoma, me and my grandpa were alone. Excellent. Anybody else? David, Joseph? Who has been a good father to you in your life and what is a good memory you have of something they've done with you or for you? Anything? You got one? Company to you? That's excellent. All right, anybody else? Okay, all right. I love those two examples because of the fact that oftentimes the things that are most significant to those of us on the receiving side maybe are missed by those that are providing the comfort or the encouragement. So that's perfect. Uh, so I also wanted to extend this to the body. And I think that that is important, especially with creating that space for um, uh, fathers that are still here and even fathers that aren't around anymore. Um, so I just I want to walk around, and uh, anybody who wants to share uh, who has been a good father to you and uh, what, what's a memory of them um, having done that for you. Well, first of all, to you dads who are here, I just want to commend you for your strength in leading your family spiritually, because I know that some of us struggle with that. So thank you for that, because it's not an easy job, and we appreciate that. But I would say of my own husband, he is a hard worker. He loves my family. And even if he's not here today, it's because he's working. And that I love, because I've got friends whose husbands don't support their family. And so that's important. So we think about those good things. I appreciate that he's a hard worker, that he loves us, that he sticks by us, and, and you know, is our covering, protects our family. So. And not just working, but serving all of us, serving our community. Terrific. My father is gone. sang in the choir. He taught Sunday school. He was superintendent of the church for I don't know how many years. He loved us, he supported us, encouraged us. He was always there. And I miss him. Uh, my name is Tommy. I'm from Jersey, and I just finished a 50,000-mile trip that was in honor of my grandpa's 50 years in the fire department. Got a ton of bicycle, like power, no motor, and he's the only person there, so that's why I did that for him. So I was blessed with two fathers. My biological dad is still alive, and we had a really rough upbringing, but I can look back now and see how he loved us, even though it was a lot of tough love. 
stepdad just passed away in January, and we're actually leaving directly after church to go to his memorial. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of tough. This is the first Father's Day without him in 32 years. And But when I think about fathers, I think maybe of my husband, because, <laughs> well, I didn't have the best fathers growing up. My husband, you know, we have five kids. That's kind of a lot of kids, and four of them are girls. So, <laughs> And one's adopted, so... Not that that makes her any different, just that that shows my husband must love us and love the girls and the kids so much. And I just appreciate everything that he does for us. He goes up in the boat. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad you mentioned something about adoption because that's actually going to be a topic that we cover this morning. Well... I didn't grow up with a father, but I had God as my father. When things were rough, that, as a child, who I went to every time. And that's who I talked to. So even though I didn't have a biological father in my life, God, from the time I was young, was always there. And he he is my father. Starting with my dad, who was super funny, super hardworking, but he was a combat veteran. So with that, um, coming out of the Korean War, we had some really rocky times as a family. But he always loved us. He instilled faith in me in spite of the things that he did end up overcoming alcoholism the last 22 years of his life. He was walking with the Lord when he went home. And so that was a really, a really good memory. And then Ken's dad has been living with us, and it's been really neat to get to know him. Um, apart from his wife, Ken's mom was, um, you know, a partner to him in pastoring and leading music and evangelism and hospital visits. So it's been neat to get to know his dad really well the last couple of years and hear his story and see the faithfulness of how he is up at one every morning praying. And a lot of people in here know that, that he prays for. And he speaks into our life all the time. But i got to honor, honor my husband because um, it's been really fun partnering him as a dad and watching him always play with kids. We, even when we had our first kid, um, we had kids in a really rough neighborhood that would hang on our fence and yell for Ken to come out and play. Because other dads would not go out and play ball with their kids and he would be out, worn out from work and worn out from our babies and out... Um, playing on the lawns with them. And, of course, that led to coaching hundreds and hundreds of kids that really looked to him like a dad. And to this day, our kids are grown, and they know they can call him for anything. He just shows up, even if it's across the United States in Virginia and a son needs help. He shows up, and he's always there. And it's been really, um, it's really blessed me to see somebody who is so invested in their kids and never stops. else? 
I did my circus over there. You know, I so I I wore shorts today. I left Lewis and it was raining, and it was like it was kind of like wishful thinking or self-proclaimed prophecy where I was like, maybe, maybe if we dress like it, it'll convince it to show up finally. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I was very very blessed in the father that God gave me. He brought me up loving the Lord the whole time. He taught me how to crawl up into my Heavenly Father's lap whenever I had those struggles that I didn't think I could handle. And, you know, to watch him take his last breath and smile as he was crossing over and then to come back, and most of you knew Vicki, and when we came back, Vic made the comment, I want what he had. And it was watching him for the last six months of his life that brought Vic to the Lord. So I have I have a great dad who's very very loving, very sweet. He would do anything for anybody. He's just very giving loves to serve and um I married someone who is similar. <laughs> he would do anything for you. If you need something, he'll do it. And so I really appreciate that about Chris and my dad too. I feel very blessed with both of them. All right, kiddos, you can go head back to the back. I gotta teach. Go back to mom. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who uh, who shared. Uh, I guess for me, in in recognition of my my grandfather who passed away yesterday, Leland Gary, and uh, both of my parents' fathers passed away before my sister and I were school age. And uh, Gary was our neighbor. He was somebody that lived directly across the street from us. We interacted with him almost daily. And uh, he was a, a very uh, Christian man. Um, everybody that knew him knew that. And uh, he was he was proactive and intentional in his faith, and, and not in uh, preaching at people, but just loving people well. Uh, something that inspired me. But also, he was intentional with my sister and I, knowing that like the public school that we attended had grandparents there, and he knew that we didn't have biological grandparents, if you will, that were available to us. And so he would always come over when you were about that time and like, hey, do you want me to, to go with you? You know, on that day, I, uh, I'd love, love to do that. You know, kind of like, you know, if, if you want me to. And we were like, of course we do, you know. So uh, that was really special. I appreciate him and his memory. So I'd like to continue our study this morning by starting out with the authority uh, given to us in Scripture. Uh, so if you will, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3. 
going to do something not often done in OCC, and I'm actually going to include scripture on the screen. Make it easy on us all here. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Amen. You can be seated. So before talking about how God is a good father, we must first establish that God is our father, which we can know because we are adopted sons and daughters of his family. At the time this passage was written, uh, as is true today, there's something significant that happens when a child is adopted. While doing some research, I came across a, a legal definition that I thought was significant and helpful to us this morning. Which says, adoption refers to the act by which an adult formally becomes the guardian of a child and incurs the rights and responsibilities of a parent. At the conclusion of the formal process, a legal relationship between child and guardian will have formed. The legal relationship results in the adoptee becoming the legal heir of the adopter and terminates any legal rights then in existence with the natural parents. Anybody have any guesses on where I might be able to take us with this this morning? We'll have to get stuff uh, this is good news because not only has God the Father adopted us as his sons and daughters, but this new relationship entitles us to all of the rights and benefits that come along with that. I love how the definition even says that the adoptee, which is us, becomes the legal heir of the adopter, which would be God the Father. It also says that the adoption terminates any legal rights then in existence with the natural parents which in our case would be Adam and Eve and the curse of sin and death. So as I progress, I wanted to discuss the reasons why God is a good father, but I think that just those facts alone would be enough. But I'll continue. Formal adoption means that God is not simply our temporary caretaker. We're not crashing on his couch until our guardians work things out and come to get us. In the context of sin, he has purchased us out of slavery and adopted us as his actual children. We now have all the same rights and privileges given to the sons and daughters of a king of birth. We're not just crashing on his couch and having dinner for a moment in time, but we have taken his name and we have our own room in the king's house. Both Jesus and Paul tell us throughout scripture that not only is God our father, through whom we've been adopted, but he is referred to as our Abba Father. I'm going to read to us from Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, which says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of, adopted, of adoption as sons and daughters, 
by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we must also be glorified with him. It's important to understand that Abba in its original translation and application is a special title reserved for a relationship between a parent and child. Without going too far off track, uh, as we could do like an entire separate study uh, just on this topic alone, um, I know I've, growing up in the church, often Abba is kind of misunderstood as simply meaning something like daddy in English. And while that's not entirely untrue, uh, it's not it's that it doesn't just mean something like daddy, but also recognition of a father's authority and willingness in us to obey him. Uh, one commentary I read explained it as meaning both daddy and sir simultaneously and explained that even Paul had difficulty in translating Abba in Greek, which is why it is often used in the scriptures with the word pater, or in English, Abba Father, because of the different words. So my first uh, point for those of you that are taking notes. We have been adopted into God's family as his son and daughters, and with that, we have been given the privilege of personal relationship and access to him with our Father. An example I was thinking of earlier this week of my uh, my dad's dad, uh, who had lived in Kamei. Uh, I heard a story about him recently from some older cousins of mine that, that had been able to have a relationship with him before he passed. He had passed away just a few months before I was born. Um, they offer, often referred to him, uh, his name was Joe, as uh, also one of the most godly men that they, they had ever met. Uh, and they told the story at a, a recent family get-together. They're sharing stories back and forth, and, you know, families together and wishing that he was there with us. And they're like, you know, one thing that, that always stood out to me about Grandpa Joe was that he had this uh, basement workshop. And he was a woodworker, and he liked to make things. But they're, they're reflecting on this, and they're going, you know, any time of day, any day of the week, we knew we could go to that house. Grandpa would probably be in that basement, in that, that workshop. And we could, and no matter what he was working on, we could go down there, and he would stop what he was doing, and he would spend undivided attention time with us. And he would stay with us until, like, we left or we were satisfied. Um, there, there was never a time where we felt like we were, interrupt, we were interrupting him. He always made us feel like the priority. And I love that because I, I feel like our Father in Heaven has that same posture towards us. He invites us to come to him anytime to be with him and talk with him about anything in our lives, how significant or insignificant it might seem. To sit and talk, hang out with him in his workshop, or to even be invited to participate with him in what he is working on around us. First Peter 5 tells us to cast all anxieties to him because he cares for us. So often, too, I think we try to put a filter on the kind of things that we can share with him, and yet he's interested in hearing all of it. Never unavailable to us, he is always a great listener, and willing to offer us comfort and wisdom. 
my second point this morning. As our Father, God has promised to provide for his children. Before I move on too much farther from my my last point, uh, I know that for some of us, myself included, there's it can be difficult to to figure out how to spend time with God. Um, if you if you're like me, I, I I it's hard to sit in a quiet room. It's like I I would I would rather have a physical address of a workshop that I could go to, to where I could go and tap him on the shoulder, you know, take a hold of him, you know. And yet, uh, I find that there 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 is no boundaries on that. So. Like for me, I I feel like when we interact with God, when we spend time with Him, it's, it's almost more like calling in to place a, an order for a pizza. You know, it's like, hey, is this God? This is what's going on. This is what I need. Okay, 20 minutes. Bye bye. You know, instead of like just simply being with Him. And so, if you're like me and you struggle in that area, I just invite you to, you're out on the lake, you're out for a walk in the woods. Take a second just to pause and be like, God. I know by the authority of your scriptures that, that you tell me that you're with me. You're omnipresent everywhere that, that I'm at. Um, let me feel you physically, tangibly, and uh, and just be in the moment with you. Folks, for five seconds or five minutes or five hours, but create space for that. Second point. As our Father, God has promised to provide for his children. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25 through 26 tells us, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. For look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? Having been adopted into God's family, no longer do we have to worry about our needs being met or where our next meal will come from, as long as we trust him to do so. An acquaintance of mine uh, who has adopted children uh, shared a story with me many years back. They adopted a little girl. She was about seven years old, I think. Um, and he was just kind of sharing with me kind of the, the process and journey that him and his wife we're going through with their daughter and uh, one of the things he shared with me was that I kept noticing that food would go missing from the pantry overnight and I'm like that's weird like where did that you know we just bought a case of that from Costco where did that go um, and they discovered that their daughter uh, at night would go into the pantry and take like entire cases of food back to her bedroom and like hide it in her school bag and under her under her uh, bed and in her closet and these things um, and so they had a conversation with her, and kind of through through process, they realized that in the previous place that she'd been living, um, there, there were uh, experiences of abuse and neglect where she didn't know where that next meal was coming from. So, like out of just survival, you know, she felt the need that like when you have access to food, you need to hoard it because you don't know when the next meal is coming. Um, so through a process of you know relationship, they. They had the teacher, you know, that, that she could trust them to provide for. I feel like in, in the body of Christ, oftentimes we do the same thing with God. Um, having been conditioned by our sinful nature, our previous way of thinking, uh, we often feel like we have to constant, 
we worry and strive and fight for what we need, although our Heavenly Father is good to provide for us. Our only burden is that we must choose to trust Him to fulfill those needs in the timing and manner of His infinite wisdom. That's, that's the tricky part. <laughs> has, uh, has anyone else uh, been waiting for God to meet a tangible need in life that seemed to take Maybe even causing you to think that he had forgotten about you altogether. Uh, in the recent season of uh, transition for my family and I, and, and moving to Lewiston from here in Orfino, uh, there was a lot of moments that felt like that, where we were, anybody that's followed the housing market knows that it's insanity. And uh, so the, the best way to do that, at least in our case, was to uh, find a home to buy before you sell your current house. And so there was a few months where we were carrying both of those. And we're like, we're following wisdom. We prayed about this. We feel like this is what we're supposed to do. We, we stacked away a bunch of reserves to be able to cover those expenses. But as we got deeper into that, it was like, okay, God, like I hope that, I hope this is the right thing to do. You know, and then like towards the end, like there was a few delays with the closing of our house. And we're like, oh my gosh, I hope that. But the whole time, you know, God's like, hey, you sought me. You, you put me first got this again you know we have to trust him so those of you that have journeyed with me know that uh, uh, I'm a new father Haley's now three years old uh, and so I was really excited this is the first time that I've uh, taught or discussed uh, in any capacity you know the, the subject of, of parenting and fatherhood and so I have a lot of really great material to share with you all. <laughs> so I had an experience the other day that I think is uh, uh, helpful to our uh, discussion this morning. Uh, so there was a moment where uh, uh, we were driving in the car, and Haley asked us for a snack. So Haley, she asks for snacks pretty much incessantly throughout the day. Uh, but anyway, we're in the car, and she asks for a snack. We tell her no. And the reason why we told her no is because we were heading to a restaurant that we were going to pay for. So we're like, I'm not going to fill you up on snacks because we're going to dinner. So this, of course, caused her to be upset, screaming, yelling, kicking the seat, you know, the whole bit. Uh, and I wondered, I, I as I reflected and, and, you know, prepared for the message today, I thought, well, isn't, isn't this kind of a lot like us and God sometimes? So God is in control and has plans and preparations provided for us, waiting for us in the future. Uh, but he refuses to give us the goldfish crackers in the moment, and we think that he has abandoned us. So we throw fits. Meanwhile, like Courtney and I with Haley, our reason for not wanting to give her the goldfish crackers is because five minutes down the road, maybe unbeknownst to her, there was chicken strips and mini corn dogs waiting for her at Zadie. So for those in times of waiting, we must trust that God is making us wait. It must be for a plan and purpose that is for his glory and our benefit. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll extend that, too, to say that... Uh, my, uh, it, it's given me a, a heightened awareness of the Father's heart for us. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. 
um, as well as uh, as an elder too. That feel I always felt like I was uh, serving. Though I became an elder after being a father, I always felt like in ministry I was kind of serving with an arm tied behind my back in, in loving fathers well. You know, so I, I'm thankful that you know, as a father now I feel like I'm able to journey with other men and fathers better. Point number three, as his adopted sons and daughters, we are vulnerable to discipline. Immediately often when we hear the word discipline, our mind goes straight to punishment. But discipline is part of a much bigger umbrella of training and personal development. Courtney and I's intention behind not giving Haley goldfish crackers was not because we didn't love or care for her but because we wanted her to wait to have something that would help sustain and care for her better. Recently, I, uh, I saw a comic, which I'm cutting my... Uh, recently, I saw this comic, and I thought that this was really appropriate, about following God's commandments. So, we got these two guys. Give you a chance to read it here. Isn't that true, though? Oftentimes we see God's correction or his commandments as as a fence or something that's trying to confine us or keep us from something that we want for ourselves. And really, in, in his sovereignty, his ability to see things through the big picture, it's not to keep us from something, but rather to protect us from something. point this morning. God's love for his children is perfect and infinite. I found that one of the reasons we struggle to know our Heavenly Father's goodness is often because maybe our experience with our earthly fathers and other men has not been positive. So when we hear the word father or discipline, we often reflect on some sometimes unpleasant memories from our childhood and experiences. Or perhaps it wasn't that your earthly father was abusive, but maybe he just wasn't around. Or maybe you found yourself as an adult trying to be a good father, but struggled because no one ever showed you what that looked like. This morning I want to, to tell and remind you that our Heavenly Father loves you so deeply that he sent Jesus to die a sinner's death so we could be adopted as his sons and daughters, no longer in slavery. He invites us to have personal relationship with him, always available to you. Not just available, but scripture tells us standing outside, knocking on the door, awaiting our invitation. How cool is that? You don't have to go to the workshop. He's already there outside, going like, when are you going to sit down with me? I'm right here. That intentionality that he pursues his children. He longs to spend time with his children, allowing us to share with him all of life's moments. He is never abusive in correction, only seeking to grow and challenge you into being a better image bearer of himself. Paul tells us in the book of Romans 
chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, or depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our my invitation for all of you this morning as we take time this weekend to acknowledge our earthly fathers. Don't forget to spend some time with your Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father has loved us so much by whom we have all things and have been adopted into his family as sons and daughters. To the men in the room, even those without children, love the children in your life even if they're not biologically yours. Society needs fathers. According to a recent census study, one in four homes don't have a father present. Some statistics from the juvenile criminal justice system indicate that a half to three quarters of children in the court system come from fatherless homes. This is not a discredit to hardworking single mothers who are giving it your all this youth, but a call to action for men to rise up to the occasion. In the church, we have a lot of conversations with men, you know, where they, whether it's in small group or one-on-one, where, you know, there's a, a struggle to find uh, purpose and meaning and mission. And it's, it, we always think of it as, as something, something bigger than maybe we ought to. Um, my question, though, is like, what, what if, right, if you're feeling that way right now, looking for a sense of purpose and mission, what if your mission field is just to love the young people around you? Um, I know that uh, uh, in a previous uh, life, about 10 years ago, I, I, I served as a, the community of a police officer, and I had, I loved to have conversations with people that I had arrested, um, just to get them to know personally, and, and a lot of times, too, that was helpful to me, because it kind of lowered the anxiety and the temperature of the room got better. Uh, but one of the conversations I like to ask was, hey, you know, what, what's your story? How, you know, kind of how did you get here? And uh, I, I started noticing a pattern that's consistent with the statistic of half to three quarters of children in the court system coming from fatherless homes um, of, you know, them sharing with me that, hey, I, you know, by age five, I was pretty much kind of on my own, doing my own thing. And Nobody really showed me what to do, so I just kind of did whatever made sense in the moment. Or nobody ever gave me a chance, or nobody believed in me. And uh, it was amazing to me, like the, the young men in particular that I I came to, you know, that would come back, you know, after going through getting arrested or falling into drugs. That uh, you know they they would share that uh, you know that, that somebody had taken the time to to invest in them. To, to see them, to, to be in a relationship with them. So um, even if it doesn't seem significant to you, like I loved earlier when the kids shared, you know, it wasn't it wasn't anything grand. You know, it wasn't it like, you know, my dad uh, took me to church every Sunday and he, you know, reads scripture to me every day and he prays just right and he disciplines me just right. Though Those are good things to pursue. Uh, it's in the insignificant that sometimes is the most impressionable. 
So it's being a comfort to your children when they fall off their bike and skin their knee. Um, paying attention to them when you know, you're in a time of transition at home and they want you to sit down next to them and build something out of Legos on the floor. And I, I realize how difficult that is firsthand now when you have so much other things going on. Or like my neighbor, you know, who like in his retirement years, he raised his kids. His kids were grown and gone, some of which were living out of state. And yet he took the time to recognize and be in a relationship enough with us as his neighbors to know that we didn't have grandparents and that maybe it would be a benefit to us to, to go to grandparents' day with us. Um, what, what's that opportunity you know, that we have available to each of us in this room today? You know, what, who, who's that person to you? It's not an official question in my notes, but a good one nonetheless. to close this morning and invite the worship team up and put a few questions to consider on the screen. First one being, in what personal ways has God shown to be a good father in your life? And the second question is, in what areas have I failed to see God as a good father? whether it's his access to you, the availability, his ability to provide for you, or has it been in his discipline, often feeling like, sometimes we feel like God is that abusive father when he takes things from us or things don't work out maybe how we had asked him. I want to create space for that. Uh, my invitation for you is uh, that you pray and you ask that he reveal to you. He revealed himself better to you because he is a good father. Um, and if anybody, too, is, we're not, OCC isn't often like a, a, an altar call kind of church, uh, but that doesn't mean that our leadership team is not available to you. So if anybody needs prayer for anything at all, uh, I'm just going to sit down here off to the side. Uh, if anybody needs prayer, please come forward. Uh, we don't want anybody to feel alone um, or that... Uh, we're not here to help you. Thank you for lending me your time. Bless you, Lord.